Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. Good 
Friday morning, St. Louis and all points north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you. This is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com and several other platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple, Anchor. We're everywhere. Everywhere, I tell you. Can't get in more places than we're in right now. So you can listen to our podcast on any of those platforms, including this one. The live show is right here exclusively on this one. So we've been able to branch out and take the uh, subscription off of our show. We keep our promises, just like Donald Trump does. Our phone lines are always open for you, 636-538-0746-538-0746. Man, we have a lot of ground to cover this morning, and some of it's not so positive. What's going on very quietly with Wuhan Willie Talibiden is scary. It will frighten the heck out of you. We don't deal in fear-mongering here, but this is real. This is real, and this is scary, and Dr. Scott Atlas will be along to talk about it. So will Mary Holland, who is the general counsel of the Children's Health Defense. I'm telling you, I knew nothing about this story until our research assistant called it to my attention. It is earth-shattering stuff. We are going to become children of the World Health Organization. They're going to rule our lives. Not the United States Constitution, mind you. I'll explain it as we go along. We're also going to hear the fear-mongering beginning about COVID. Here we come. We're mid-May, COVID time. November's right around the corner. You'll hear the fear-mongering. You'll hear this mentally ill midget Howard Dean. I I thought he was dead. But he tried to make himself relevant by making outrageous claims against Fox News and the Murdoch family. Wait till you hear that. Unbelievable. And us, he calls us all murderers. We're murderers. A guy who advocates for abortion says we're murderers. I'm at a loss. Someone help me, please. Not sure how that translates into real human interaction, but that's Howard Dean. He's a little nuts. We're going to have story time this morning with two racists. You'll like that. Glenn Greenwald has exposed Nicole Wallace better than I ever could have. And he's got a little mini documentary out that's going to destroy her career, hopefully. Although she works for people, as we know, who believe in misinformation and lying on the air to the American public. That's the thing I don't like about today's yellow journalism. The people that hire people. Bless the lying. That's astonishing to me. When I was growing up and going to journalism school, you took pride in getting things right and not lying. Not only not lying, you'd never even think of lying. But getting things right so that you wouldn't have to come back and apologize. And that someone might have heard your only your wrong version and taken it as truth. But that doesn't exist anymore. It exists in few circles, but not very many. Overall, it certainly does not. On any of the liberal networks, it is gone, it's dead, it's been buried. It's risen to heaven, hopefully, because it was a good thing. You're going to hear from the mouth of Barry Hussein Obama a few years back predicting and advocating for exactly what's going on with the World Health Organization today. 
Donnie Douche, a D-bag Deutsch from NBC, is going to tell you that he's admitting as a liberal freak, which is what he is, an advertising executive, that's all he has ever been, how the fear-mongering is exactly what the Democrats have to do. They don't have the economy on their side, he'll tell you that. So we've got a fear-monger. What have I told you for years now? These people specialize in fear-mongering. Lying, fear-mongering, and calling you a racist. That's it. They got nothing else. Every now and then they'll toss in misogynist just for the hell of it because they always resort to sex. Now we've got some crazy woman coming forward saying that Elon Musk exposed himself to her. Of course he did. Anyone who says, I'm going to vote Republican, exposed themselves to somebody, didn't they? Or they tried to rape them or they slipped their hand under their skirt. I mean, they all do it. It's unbelievable. It's always their go-to game. If they're trying to become a Supreme Court judge, well, he raped me at a party. Okay, sure. Sure he did. Sure he did. But that's their game Their game plan. They always do it. Unfortunately for Cleo, you're going to hear Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> I'm sorry. And uh, Behor. And then this other nitwit on that show gets her little airtime today. Sarah Haynes is her name. She's a little blonde white girl who is dumber than dirt, and we'll we'll give you evidence of it. Remember, what we specialize in here, evidence and facts, and the truth that is supported by those facts and evidence. That's what we do. And you'll hear more of it today. You'll hear from that racist Sonny host in Houston as well. All of that's coming your way today. You're going to hear the exchange in Congress between Don Bishop and this abortion freakout. Her name's Amy I don't even know how to say her name, Aramide or Aramide. Wait till you hear this psychopath, and then you'll understand why conservatives, Trump supporters, Republicans believe that that group of people needs a rubber room. She'll prove it for you. It's not my opinion. She'll prove it. I always love it when they prove it. You'll hear George W. Bush this morning ripping himself. That's a classic. And then you're going to hear Carrie Lake. She's running for governor in Arizona. She is going to destroy a female reporter from the Arizona Republic, and you don't want to miss that. I promise you. And you don't want to miss the best chance you'll ever have at getting health insurance that's affordable and that's comprehensive. And that's Jordan Krugman. 314-602-4055. 602-4055. Write that number down while you have a chance. You don't have to call them right now. But call them at some point today or this weekend and just find out if your health insurance plan is all it's cracked up to be. Because if it is, Jordan's going to tell you. I can't help you. But if it isn't, and my guess is it isn't, mine certainly wasn't, he'll be able to help you. In many cases, he can get you a plan with zero deductible. Zero deductible. We're talking about individuals, families, small businesses, Medicare. It's all simple and easy to understand from Jordan. Dental, vision, life insurance, he's doing all of that. But remember that he's your advocate. He's an independent broker. He is not an insurance agent married to an insurance company that has to hit a quota and has to make so much money. He's going to meet with you virtually or you can come to his office and he'll set down a plan based on your needs, on your financial situation, and then he'll take that plan and get the best possible deal for you. It's fantastic the way it works. He's licensed in 24 states, including Missouri and Illinois. If you're a small business owner, you want to keep those top business employees of yours around, don't you? The big salespeople, the ones that make you the money. 
well, what if they get an offer that has better health benefits somewhere else? They're going to go. You don't want that. Call Jordan. Talk to him about his group plans. He saves small businesses tens of thousands of dollars and gives the employees a better health plan than they've already had. He's done it so many times. Ask him about the new health matching accounts, HMAs. Ask him about Medicare. He has many of the advantage plans under Medicare for a zero, zero monthly premium. That word zero keeps popping up. But he can help you with Medicare supplements, Part D drug plans, those advantage plans, and hospital indemnity plans. It's all right there for you. It's one of those calls that you say to yourself, what do I have to lose? But I have a lot to gain by simply making a call. 314-602-4055. He took care of one of our listeners just the other day. Tons of listeners, me, my family, friends of mine have all called Jordan. And guess what happens? They're happy with the call. Happy with the call. Well, I told you that this is scary, and it is scary. Right now, the Biden regime is on the verge of allowing the World Health Organization to dictate to us, to this United States of America, the terms and durations of lockdowns, of mask wearing, of your health decisions, and it will have authority over the the Declaration of Independence and the United States Constitution. That's right. Biden's delegating this power to the World Health Organization, the one that is run by that criminal outlaw, Tedros, who is in bed with China. Now you say, well, Kevin, that can't be possible. We haven't heard anything about it. Of course not. That's how they do things in this regime. The things that are going to hurt you, they try to keep quiet. Of course, inflation, they can't keep quiet. Gas prices, no dough. Same with Ukraine. Can't do it. We're spending all our money on Ukraine. Screw you and the gas prices. We're borrowing from China to give the $40 billion to Ukraine. But, hey, you're not supposed to know that either. But that's what they're doing. And now they're wanting to give this authority, seed medical authority to the World Health Organization over citizens of the United States when it comes to Plandemics. They're the plandemic kings now. The World Health Organization and the CDC were never intended as authority groups, authoritative organizations. They're to be counseled. In other words, here's what we think. That's it. Goodbye. You don't make policy. You don't make laws. Dr. Scott Atlas breaks it down for us as only he can. This is this is the essence of it. First, as you said, the World Health Organization, as well as other organizations like World Economic Forum, are trying to set rules that countries must obey. Tedros himself said it. They're obligatory. And this is not the role of any international organization, frankly. These are organizations, including national organizations like the CDC, are supposed to be advisory. They're not supposed to set rules and laws. So that is a complete reversal of what should happen in a free society if we live in one. Secondly, the World Health Organization has been an egregious failure. You outlined some of it, but it began at the beginning of the pandemic when they were grossly wrong by orders of magnitude about the basic data on infection fatality rate. They politicized and were completely impotent in doing the one thing they should have done, which was getting transparency of information from China at the beginning when it counted. They disregarded all the evidence that was 
known in biology about asymptomatic spread being not that important, about masks, etc. They attempted to redefine basic biology by changing the website definition of herd immunity to get rid of the immunity from uh, recovery from infection and somehow make it seem like it was only from a vaccine that was purely agenda-driven pseudoscience, what they would call misinformation. They've totally squandered their trust. They do not at all deserve any further empowerment. How scary is that? But that's what's happening. They're getting further empowerment thanks to the Biden regime. This is going to happen within days. This document is over there at one of these world global summits where they're trying to take over the world. This is right out of Dr. Evil. Mary Holland is the general counsel for the Children's Health Defense. She's just as worried as Dr. Scott Atlas, and rightly so. Really, there is an effort to make the World Health Organization the go-to place in the world for pandemics. And, you know, we have people like Bill Gates saying the next pandemic is coming now. We've got to have people reach out to all their elected officials and reach out to the World Health Organization and say, no, that affects national sovereignty. It affects individual sovereignty. We don't want some global organization deciding what to do about, you know, an outbreak of some infectious disease in some small community. That's crazy. But that's what's on order, Steve. And right now, starting May 22nd, the U.S. amendments to the international health regulations pave the way towards a change in the World Health Organization's constitution that would literally make the World Health Organization, the fulcrum of a kind of global government around pandemic preparedness and prevention. Two days. Two days that's set to go in effect. That's how quietly they've gone about it. These rats, they're just rats on a sinking ship, aren't they? Liberals, that's what they are. Biden is one of the most destructive human beings that has ever been born into this country. He he has a puppet. Obama has the puppeteer. But this is what they're doing to us. You probably doubted it. You probably laughed when I said it at the start of this pandemic a couple of years ago. I, I caught the virus early on. And as I, re- I remember saying on the show after I came home from the hospital, how the, the hosp- these people were lying about the hospitals. They weren't overrun. They weren't even crowded. They were completely empty floors. So I knew then something's up. Then, I didn't really get very sick. Had a fever, had a cough, couldn't taste or smell. It's probably a good thing, that way you won't eat. Maybe lose a little weight while you're at it. And yet, they kept warning us about all of these deaths and all of these lies. As they turned out, they were all lies. Everything they told us about this was a lie. Six feet, wear a mask, everybody's dying. Nobody's dying. Not directly from covid People die from a number of things, but nobody that I know of or that I have heard of from any of these agencies died directly from COVID and only COVID. So you might have gotten COVID, but you also had pneumonia, severe lung problems, heart problems, and acting in concert, you would have stayed alive had you didn't, if you didn't have those heart problems or those lung problems or that pneumonia. But they don't want to tell you that because that kills the fear. They live and govern through fear. And we should have seen this coming. The warning signs were everywhere. 
including this one that our research assistant dug up about Obama speaking to one of these world forums a few years back. Listen to the words and then apply them to the story that we just informed you about. For the international order that we have worked for generations to build, ordinary men and women are too small-minded to govern their own affairs. The order and progress can only come when individuals surrender their rights to an all-powerful sovereign. Does that freak you out? You and I, by the way, are, we're just ordinary Joes, so we can't think for ourselves. We're too small-minded, he said. The arrogance just drips off this guy. Every time he shows up anywhere, it's just nothing but pitiful arrogance. A, a sovereign state, we owe, they want to strip our freedoms and we can only exist in a, in a sovereign, what? What? This guy belongs in jail. And I'm not being a racist because he's not black. He's a mulatto. So if I'm a racist, I don't like mulattoes. Okay, so kiss my ass with your black stuff. This guy is a common criminal who belongs in jail. That's where he belongs. Now, we have nothing but cowards in the federal legal system who won't even investigate him. William Barr, John Durham. They won't even investigate him. We, we had a, a former U.S. attorney on the other day talking about how he would have had, had an indictment for conspiracy if he were Durham to call, to call all these people in. But not Obama, he said. Well, what do you mean not Obama? What, he gets an exemption? For what? Did he or did he not commit crimes? Now, I've watched some of these Nazi Germany documentaries on the History Channel and the American Heroes Channel, and every time I hear Hitler speak, and of course they translate it with a written word at the bottom of the screen, it sends chills up your spine, and that's what I just felt when I heard Obama. Nothing Adolf Hitler ever said was worse than what you just heard Obama say. Nothing. Hitler targeted Jews. Obama targets white people. But Obama also, like Hitler, believes that the state owns you and that you will answer to them or suffer the consequences. Now, what will those be? They were gas chambers in Nazi Germany. What are they here? Well, we've seen some of them. We'll arrest you and put you in jail for lengthy terms if you trespass. We'll force you to lose your job if you don't adhere to what we're ordering. We'll force your children out of school and into your home so that they can't interact with anyone else and the state then has a real control over them. So we've seen the consequences already of this behavior. And yet we sit, we sit there with our thumb up our you-know-what, and do nothing about it. And this is exactly what they counted on. This is what these Nazi bastards counted on. Apathy. Because we are an apathetic country. We didn't used to be. We were the get-up-and-goers of the world. But we're not anymore. That's why I love these parents who keep showing up at these school board meetings. And last night in Wentzville, they had another one where the board was going to vote on whether or not to keep one of these perversion agenda-driven books in the school library. And the members of the community showed up in Wentzville, and the school board voted 6-1 to one to get rid of the book. 
Carpe diem to the parents in Wentzville and to the school board for at least listening to the parents, what the parents wanted to do. Now, that's also the result of our friend Becky Klopstein, who put out on social media the list of school board members who were running this past election as conservatives. So we knew who they were. We knew what districts they were in, and we could get out and vote for them. And we did in large numbers and began to take back the school boards from the radical psychopaths who want to sexually pervert your children. So the power is in the people if the people get up off their lazy ass and take it. And I applaud those parents who were at that meeting last night to stop that perversion from entering into the lives of their children. It's disgusting. But what Obama said that you just heard is more disgusting. And he needs to be fought at every turn. Now, I talk about the fear-mongering that has begun. Well, it has begun. Back to COVID. So it's, isn't it funny how all of a sudden the World Health Organization is going to take control of our lives and just coincidentally, here comes the COVID again. This is David Muir on ABC News last night. New cases of COVID now rising to the highest point since mid-February in this country. And daily hospital admissions are now projected to rise in nearly every corner of the nation over the next four weeks. The third of Americans now live in areas where they are raising the risk level to medium or high risk again. Areas there in yellow and orange. Orange, of course, the highest risk. The CDC again recommending wearing masks indoors. Tonight, New York City at the highest risk level. The mayor saying put on the masks indoors, but not requiring it yet. Tonight, 48 states now are projected to see hospitalizations rise in the coming weeks. And raising these risk levels means they're already seeing hospitals and healthcare systems under increasing pressure and a rising death toll. Does that sound familiar to you? That's exactly how they fear-mongered you in the beginning, to, to fall victim to this nonsense. Rising death toll, he says. Hospitals are being overrun again, he says. Cases are way up, he says. The predictions are, he says. That's all a rerun. They just plugged in a tape of two years ago. Why? Because there's an election coming up. Here we go. They need mail-in ballots. Now, if they didn't need the mail-in ballots, there wouldn't be an outbreak because they would want to take a bow, claiming they cured COVID. But they realize they're desperate. They, without mail-in cheating, they can't win. So that's what this is all about. The COVID fear. Here it comes. Look out. All these projections. By the way, most of the people getting COVID have been double and triple vaxxed. That's a fact. The young children, as we told you yesterday, the 5 to 11-year-olds who've been given the shot, the parents who should be shot, get the virus much in much larger numbers and percentages than kids who are unvaccinated. How'd that happen? Because they lied to you, that's how. Wake up, people. You're being lied to every effing day. What's wrong with you? If your husband lied to you, you'd leave him. If your wife lied to you, you'd do the same. But you let the government lie to you about your life, about the health of your children, and it's okay with you. 
If you need any more evidence of fear-mongering, we've got it for you. Here's Donnie Douche, I'm sorry, Deutsch, this guy who was an advertising hack who NBC decided to put on the air. You talk about irresponsible hiring. Listen to what this moron, flamboyantly illiterate liberal, says as to how the Democrats can win the election. You, you take this heinous platform and you make the Republicans own it. I want to say it again. Make the Republicans own it. Every Republican politician, every Republican candidate, ask them about it. Make it because they, can, they, they can't run from it because it's, it's part of who they are at this point, as disgusting as that is. But make it the Republican replacement theory. Mainstream it because it, this is the way you have to scare. We, we don't have the economy on our side as Democrats. So you have to scare the bejesus out of people. The way to scare it is say, you know, this replacement theory, this is not just coming from some dark corner of the web. This is the Republican platform. Make them own it. And Democrats run from this fistfight. I know in the previous segment, Eugene Daniels, you talked about the president not wanting to call out names. Call out Tucker Carlson. Call out the politicians and make this, make them own it. This is a Republican platform. It's the racist Republican replacement theory. Wow. That guy's frightening. Not only is he a bold-faced liar, there is no Republican platform that advocates replacement theory of any kind. It's not a theory. We played it for you the other day where Joe Biden himself was pointing out that aliens coming into this country, illegal aliens, are outnumbering the white population. Now, that's a lie, but it was trending in that direction. White people still make up 61% of this country. So how can there be more illegal aliens coming in than white people? How can there be more of all of them coming in than white than uh, white people? You can't. You can put blacks, Hispanics, Asians, Indians all together, and they don't outnumber white people in this country. So there is no such platform. There is no such worry. But it is happening. It's not to the DEFCON 1 level yet, but it's happening. This is what they want. This is how they change the electorate. They want these people coming in because they believe, liberals do, that there are certain vote for them because they let them in. What they're running into, however, is a problem with the Hispanics especially, who are saying, F you, we came in legally, our vote should count, but theirs should not. This is one of the most racist philosophies I've ever seen by people like Deutsch who think that Hispanics are so brain dead that if we let them in, they'll vote for us. That's one of the most racist views you could ever imagine. Hispanics will vote for us because we let them in. They owe it to us. And they're not smart enough to know any different. I'm telling you, liberal people are the worst form of human life you will ever encounter. They are as bad as it gets, as rotten to the core as it gets. And this guy that I thought was dead a long time ago, Howard Dean, all of a sudden makes an appearance. What? And because he's so out of touch with reality and such a liar, we had to counter him in case anyone had heard him and thought, well, I wonder if he's telling the truth. Here he is on the replacement theory, and the Republicans at Fox News, and they should all be gone. Destroy Fox News and deport Rupert Murdoch. That's his claim. I see the brand of Fox being hate, anger, dishonesty, and now murder. Go on. 
if you want. That's the not, that's the brand. That's the brand that the Murdochs have chosen to fit to be hmm. their flagship communication. And I agree with Biden. Murdoch has harmed this country more than any other human being in my lifetime, and he should never have been given citizen. The one thing I'd change about our immigration policy is to send Murdoch back to Australia and keep him there with the whole family. <laughs> it's funny you put it that way. Too. If you cause that much trouble and you, you spread lies and hate and anger and tear the United States apart with your crappy TV show simply to make money, you do not belong uh, you do not deserve American citizenship, period. Wow. So if you disagree with me and I'm making it up, then you need to be deported? You're a murderer? He called us murderers. Did you notice that? <laughs> and by the way, if you could be deported for crappy TV shows, the producers of Blackish would have been deported a long time ago. So now... If you put a crappy TV show on, you should be deported, according to this nut job. Send the Murdochs back. They never should have been in here anyway. Never should have been in here. But it's okay with Howard Dean that all of these illegals come in here, but not Rupert Murdoch who came here legally. Somehow Rupert Murdoch is the guy that needs to be deported because, after all, his network overall, with exceptions, paints a different picture than we do. Hmm. How to stop that? Get rid of them. Deport them. We can't seem to quiet them or muzzle them, so let's deport them. Anyone who disseminates lies and hate and anger like that should be deported, period, he said. And you hear that idiot reporter laughing? He thought that was funny. How about we deport your ass? See if you think it's still funny. Because you're part of a crappy TV show on MSNBC. Should Joy Reid be deported? How about Anderson Cooper? Wolf Blitzer? Shouldn't they all? Don Lamont? Please. Let's deport all of them. Lies, hate, and anger? Who do we see every day on television except liberal politicians lying, hating America, and being angry about it? There's no angrier person than Pelosi and Schumer. We hear Biden screaming out of nowhere like a savant. He's, he's a nutcase. All of a sudden, he starts screaming. So who's angry? I don't hear Donald Trump screaming. Even when he gets into a rally, he's passionate. He's emotional. He's not yelling at anybody. This nut job starts screaming. And Pelosi, my God, Schumer, the weasel. Lying, hating, and angry every single day. But the Murdoch face, whole family needs to be deported. Wow. But Howard Dean's not angry, right? He's not a liar. He's not filled with hate. He wants to deport legal citizens, legal citizens, because they disagree with him. But he's not filled with hate or anger. He's full of shit, but he's not, according to him, he's not angry or filled with hate. I guess he's just filled with shit because that's what he is. These are the kind of people, and that little pansy ass who's sitting there laughing. <laughs> That's funny, Howard. Howard? Howard the Duck knows more than Howard Dean. Like I said, I thought he was dead. Maybe we deport him. That way when he does die, he could die somewhere else. 
We're now deporting you. We're not just censoring you. We're deporting you. Well, I think it's story time. So let's have a story time session with two dopey racists, Nicole Wallace and Al Sharpton. You know, do you still have hope that, that the questions that people are asking in November can be questions where it is obvious that the Democratic Party is the only one for saving our democracy, for protecting the rights of all? I mean, do you still think the questions can be reframed ahead of the midterms? I think the questions can be reframed, but I do not have faith that they will be reframed. Uh, uh, reframed by the leadership of the party. I think those of us that represent certain things that need to be dealt with, like the uh, racial and, and biased attacks across the board, blacks and Latinos and Jews and Asians, yeah. we've got to raise those issues and we've got to, uh, women's groups have to raise these issues. If we sit back and wait for the party to do it, the party didn't lead the civil rights movement or the women's movement or the anti-war movement. I think that the movement led the politics. The movement led the politics and the party had to catch up with all of us. And I think that's what's going to happen in uh, 2022. As we see what happened, we're living in a time, Nicole, where in my parents, grandparents' time, you had the Ku Klux Klan. Even they would cover themselves with hoods. Now you have racial terrorists that live stream themselves killing us. There's no shame. It's like, let me show you what I'm doing and it's me. This is more dangerous than it was when they were lynching us and at least would cover themselves with hoods. So it's okay to lynch you if we cover ourselves with a hood. Is that what you're telling us? This guy's below an IQ level of a rock. And she's just as dumb. And they both lie right through their teeth. I noticed they didn't mention the black guy that shot up the Asian salon. Hmm. How'd that black terrorist get away with it? We don't want to mention that. In fact, you're going to hear a congresswoman say that he was white. She's going to say that a black guy was white so she could continue to push her racist agenda. So story time is over. Now it's time for the House, this place where they're supposed to be making laws, supposed to be helping us out. Instead of trying to vote on some stupid-ass bill that would have more offices throughout the country to track red flags of goofballs like this Buffalo guy, why do you need more incompetent people? You have enough already in government. This guy was red-flagged. In fact, he was taken out of school and interviewed about his meanderings, and yet he was allowed to go ahead and purchase guns. So if you're not going to act on the red flag information, what's the use of our tax money paying for more offices and more incompetent boobs? That's what this bill is about. Now, that didn't sit well with Whoopi Goldberg or Sarah Haynes or Joy Behor or Sonny Hostin-Houston. But here's Jim Jordan laying into the idiot liberals who refuse to acknowledge that Antifa is a domestic terrorist group. And then you're going to hear, of course, nitwit boy Nadler and then the the view geniuses. White nationalism is wrong. We've always said so. Everyone knows that. But I tell you who does give cover when the chairman of the Judiciary Committee says that Antifa is a myth. That is giving cover. The problem is not that the Republican Party is racist. It's that the Republican Party won't call out 
voracious in its myths. Mm-hmm. So, Antifa. What an idiot. <laughs> I have an Antifa. Yeah. She's very sweet. When did Washington really get to be a place where stopping domestic terrorism is divisive? I guess when they're part of the problem. <laughs> when the domestic terrorists are voting on the bill. Yeah. How about that? How about Bahor? Antifa. What an idiot. <laughs> and all those imbeciles in the audience. <laughs> you wonder who the 25 or 35% of the people who approve of a Biden's job rating right now, there they are. They go watch The View every day. We've wondered who the hell these people could be. Now we've identified them. They're View watchers. Or they're View audience members. And I'm, so, I'm sure some of them watch Oprah Winfrey's network too. That's where they are. That's where they come from. We want to talk about groomed. So the Republicans are the domestic terrorists, according to the genius Whoopi Goldberg, she of the single-digit IQ. And as dumb as she is, she might be smarter than Bahor. Antifa, what an idiot. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's hard to even respond to these imbeciles. Isn't everybody against domestic terrorism? Well, no, you're not. You think Antifa's just fine, apparently. A bunch of good old guys just out there hanging out, peacefully protesting. But then the racism took over for them. Sonny Hostin Houston always has to advocate for racism because she's a blatant racist. And Bahor joined her. And so there is no way that the Republican Party, especially those in the extreme right wing mm-hmm. of the parties, are going to vote for this bill because it exposes the party for what it is, the party of insurrectionists, right. Right. the party that welcomes white supremacists under its tent. And that is what changed because everyone well, I is thought asking they said what a changed, couple of weeks ago. I thought everybody was against white supremacy. I thought that was what everybody it's, it's, said. It's they hard were, to take a yeah. stand against it if when those you. are your voters. Those are your voters. Those are your voters. Those white supremacists are all your voters. I mean, these people never stop at the racism crap, do they? They are the racists. Remember what I've always told you. Anytime liberals accuse you of something, it's because they're doing it. They are blatant racists. There's no getting around it. It's what they are. It's their DNA. Always has been, by the way. Always has been. And it's intriguing when you listen to them, spew their racism, their racist views, they simply hate, with a passion, white people, right? They hate them. Hate, 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 hate. Scary stuff. But it's right there in front of our very eyes. And these people pontificate on it every single day, which is why we have to call them out. I mean, I, I, if I had my druthers, I wouldn't say anything about the view. But because they're dangerous, I have to do my part in exposing them. It just is. Then Bahor decides that, well, I, I'll, I'll play that for you in just a few minutes because I, I, it's too good. It's too good. She tries to compare Tucker Carlson's ratings to some guy from the 30s <laughs> when we only had like, three television stations, and five radio stations in this country. But before we go there, I promised you that a Democratic congresswoman standing on the steps of the United States Capitol would spew her racist venom and hatred, and in so doing, identify a black terrorist as white. 
On Monday, three people in Korean-owned hair salons in Dallas were gunned by yet another white supremacy replacement theorist. We are seeing the pipeline from racist rhetoric to racist violence. I am asking the American people to join us and to speak out against this, to join us in demand. Republicans do as Democrats did last year. How about I speak out? Joyce Beatty, that's who she is. Joyce Beatty, the congresswoman, black congresswoman, who just told you that a white supremacist shot up the Asian salon when the truth is the gunman was black. But that doesn't stop them. Facts never get in their way. When we have to call racist, we have to call it racist. It doesn't matter what the truth is. It's racism. It's those white people. They're shooting up Asians now. It was a black person. I don't care. It's a white person as far as I'm concerned. It's a black white person. This woman should be called to account if they had any ethics board in Congress, which they don't. But she should be called to account and forced to apologize publicly on every network. And say, and she should be forced to admit, I am the true racist. Yes, me. I'm a black woman who is a God-given racist because that's what I am. And that's why I said that the gunman was white even though he was black. And you saw drooling Pelosi standing there at attention, drooling all over herself. You'd think she would have jumped in and said, he was black. But no, why do that? Why not perpetuate the lie that liberals tell all the time? When they open their mouths, it's the old thing, you know, when they're lying, they start talking. As soon as their lips are moving, they're lying. Glenn Greenwald is a real journalist. In fact, he had to go out on his own to stay one. And he's putting together a mini-documentary on one of the more dangerous people on MSNBC, this Nicole Wallace, who is a blatant liar. This woman literally lies every time she speaks. And MSNBC does nothing about it. Here's a compilation of the lies in the trailer for the documentary with the lie being told, and then the correction being made, but not by Nicole Wallace. You don't have a president talking about exterminating Latinas. 100% pants on fire. The Havana syndrome. Headaches and a loud noise. Clearly acts of aggression, acts of war. Scientists say the sounds were crickets. The Havana syndrome. Our enemies might be weaponizing technology, beaming something to hurt people's brains. The claims are scientifically implausible. Donald Trump to now investigate a conspiracy theory about COVID coming from a lab in Wuhan. This theory needs to be investigated, which is what President Biden is doing. Hunter Biden's laptop reveals emails. We shouldn't look at it as anything other than a Russian disinformation operation. The Hunter Biden laptop material is genuine. The murder of a police officer, Officer Brian Sicknick, was killed in the line of duty. They beat a Capitol police officer to death. Officer Sicknick died of natural causes. The Steele dossier. It may be dirty, but it ain't fake. Obviously, the Steele dossier is discredited by far action. I mean, this is the lunatic response to what is a very rational, evidence-based, fact-based investigation. FBI pleads guilty to doctoring email. What the report shows is something that won't be surprising to people that have spent a lot of time in the federal government. The report left former officials aghast. The FBI is exonerated today. It doesn't vindicate anyone at the FBI who touched this. They are all absolved of any wrongdoing. The activities we found here don't vindicate anybody. The Trump 
Trump administration cleared peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters so the president could take a photo in front of a church. We did not find evidence that federal agents used CS gas. The D.C. police used the CS gas. Protesters were gassed to clear the way for Trump's photo op. Demonstrators were pushed out to allow contractors to build a fence, a response to damage done during the two previous nights of rioting. Russians offered a bounty for the killing of U.S. soldiers. U.S. intel walks back claim Russians put bounties on American troops. This mountain of evidence that we now have of bounties that Russia paid. The Biden White House acknowledged there was little evidence. January 6th committee's investigation into a seven-hour, 37-minute gap. Possible cover-up in the records of calls, and it is no coincidence. The call logs are complete with no missing pages. The gap is explained by use of White House landlines and cell phones. These are the facts. Let that sink in. These are the facts. Let that sink in. You lying wench. That's all she is. She is a despicable excuse for a human life. While she wasn't being a paid liar for the George W. Bush campaign, she's now become a paid liar for MSNBC. This woman's entire life, just like Saki, has revolved around telling lies. Did you ever think it would come to this in the United States of America when government employees and network employees get paid to lie? If you're applying for a job with MSNBC or any of these liberal networks or the government, just put on your resume first in big, bold letters, I'm a really good liar. And you'll be hired for whatever job you're applying for. Unless, of course, you're a white male. Then you'll have to stand in line in case there's a black person that's also a liar. Then you lose out. But especially if you're a woman, just say, I'm a liar. And you've got the job. Unbelievable. This woman is a pathological liar. If she says the sky is red, you know it's blue. What a fruitcake. And then you have Sarah Haynes, the white blonde gal over there at The View who pipes up every now and then and adds something dumber than you thought possible to the show. Here she is trying to explain why Republicans, for some reason, aren't against the Buffalo shooting. Imagine this concept just gathered from thin air. You've got three problems here. You've got the individual, you've got the social media uh, and the radicalizing, and you also have the firearms. So the Republican Party doesn't want to touch the firearms. No even reasonable gun control. They don't want to censor any tech companies. There's nothing there. So you've got the individual right now that's left who was investigated a year ago for making a claim that he wanted to shoot people up at a school and somehow he wasn't flagged. So he doesn't pop up a year later and buy this gun. And the whole terrorism bill is to put more people in charge in these areas to be able to flag people and keep their eye on them. Except that he was flagged. People knew about him. By the way, you're indicting not Republicans when you say that. You're indicting Biden's regime for failing to pick up any more about him. That's how stupid this woman is. Forrest, what do you think? Stupid is, stupid does, sir. I agree. Couldn't agree anymore. Then she says the Republicans failed to censor big tech. This is one of the elements of the Buffalo shooting. It is? What technology did this guy use? Oh, he live-streamed it. But the Republicans refused to censor big tech? Excuse me? The Republicans have been screaming to censor big tech for the last year. 
But the party in power, the party of Sarah Haynes, has seen fit not to lift a finger to censor big tech or to censure big tech. Different word. And then she says, first there's the gun, and Republicans' hands off there, not even reasonable gun control. Reasonable gun control? What is reasonable to you? Reasonable to you is taking everyone's gun away. That's what's reasonable to these liberal flakes. We have reasonable gun control laws. And do you know where reasonable gun control is enforced the most? Chicago. And yet, they murder everybody with handguns. She's so stupid, it's just hard for me to decide who's dumbest. And I'm getting frustrated by that. Usually the dumbest person stands out, don't they? Not in this case. It's like these women go to bed every night thinking, how can I out-dumb Whoopi? And then Whoopi thinks, how can I out-dumb Bahor? And then Hostin says with her nose up in the air, I'm so special. I'm so intellectually superior to them. They can't even catch up with me. And then you have this Haynes going to bed thinking, you know, at some point I guess I've got to say something, even if it's dumb. I'll go ahead and say something stupid tomorrow. And then she triples down on the stupidity. So there's your Biden approval rating right there in spades. Those women and the people that go to that show and the people who watch that show. It's loaded with stupidity. Now, here's Bohor contradicting herself because she hates Tucker so much. And she tries to compare him to some guy in the 30s as far as audience and ratings. Listen to this nutcase. Let's give a little history about that. Do please. Okay, back, back in World War II period, uh, there was a guy named Father Coughlin. Oh, yes. And he was an anti-Semite and a racist. And he had, he was a priest from the Catholic Church. He had, um, in a country of 127 million, was on the radio, 127 million people in this country, he had 30 to 40 million listeners. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. Especially back Tucker then. Carlson has, in a country of 326 million people, we have grown, he has 3 million Listeners, so it's thirty to forty million versus three million. Mm-hmm. He's almost irrelevant if you think about it, and and I think maybe that's the way to go with him. Just mm-hmm. ignore him. He every time you talk, we talk about him. Every time the media gives him airtime, he gets bigger and bigger. He's irrelevant, but let me go on and talk about him, and I'll keep talking about him. But he's irrelevant. Now this woman is so ungodly stupid, and whoever it was that piped in, I think it was Whoopi Goldberg, when she says that this anti-Semite had how many 30 or 40 million listeners and that's a lot she says and whoever was sitting there pipes in with especially back then no actually especially back then it's not a lot when you had only three television networks three television stations in most homes homes that actually had a TV and very limited number of radio stations so it stands to reason of course Joy Behor is not a smart person but it stands to reason in any functioning mind that when you have over 350 cable stations in any given cable package and a gazillion radio stations, many of them syndicated, and another gazillion podcasts, that the audience is delineated, that no one entity is going to ever reach that level of audience viewership or listenership ever again. It'll never happen again. But she doesn't get that. Simple math, really. Simple math. 
And even I can figure it out. I'm one of those guys that scored off the charts on the standardized test in math and then would bring a C home on my report card. And I remember my dad saying, where's the A? We see your standardized test scores. What's wrong with you? I said, it bores me. That's what's wrong with me. And it does, but I can do simple math. And this is simple math. So for Tucker Carlson to have 3 million viewers, which, by the way, is more than CNN and MSNBC combined. He's very relevant. But they have to do what they can do to try to discredit him, you see, because he is relevant, they know he's relevant, and they know that people watch him and people listen to him and people believe him. Now, he has his moments where I completely disagree with him or I think he's out in left field, but that's fine. People have those moments with me, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they, they're wrong sometimes. That was a joke. Ho, ho, ho. So to say he's irrelevant is to render her irrelevant, right? She's just stupid. I find myself saying that word a lot. God, it's getting old. But they are so stupid. I mean, it's true. Do you know anybody dumber? Is anybody off the street that you know? Dumber than these people. I'm going to guess no. I'm talking about a guy who's homeless, sleeping under a bridge. He's smarter than these people. But here's my favorite moment of the last 24 hours. So Saki 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 leaves her lying podium for private life. She's now an MSNBC television star. And so I guess as as a promotional stunt, MSNBC sends her around on speaking engagements where she goes to these different campuses where they're safe. The University of Chicago is one of the safest havens for liberals that you'll ever find. I had a nephew that went to school there. He's a communist. So that's an indication of what the University of Chicago offers you. And so that's where Saki ends up, taking questions from students. What she didn't count on was a student that was actually not a suck-up to the liberal agenda. A student who actually could think for himself. A student who's actually smarter than Saki and knows the law. And that's a big oopsie moment for her. But watch her try to dodge her ungodly comment when she encouraged protesters to break the law and protest in front of Supreme Court justices' homes. This is a student, a freshman in college. That means he's 18 years old. And watch him take Saki apart. Um, a week ago, after the Roe v. Wade protests were happening in front of the Supreme Court Justice's houses, you said, and I quote, um, we certainly can continue to encourage that people protest outside of judges' homes. I now, never said that. Uh, I'm quoting from... I said peacefully. Yeah, sure, peacefully. That's a key word in there, isn't Peacefully, it? regardless, they're protesting because they're trying to impact the results. It's a federal crime to protest outside of justices' homes to impact the results. So my question is, do you regret encouraging people to protest outside of justice's homes? Even if it is peaceful, it still is a federal crime. Well, first, thank you for your question and bringing it forward. Let me first say, because I think facts matter and facts are important. I never, I never encouraged anyone to protest. I encouraged them to do, engage peacefully and to do it without violence, without threats and without intimidation. And that's something I said many, many times and I think is vitally important. It is also true that peacefully protesting in places where it is legal, and it is legal in many places in the country, including outside of some places in the country, for sure, is something that is that is allowed. 
And I'm not going to tell people, I don't think it's the role of the government to tell people where they can or cannot peacefully protest. If they're breaking the law, of course they shouldn't do that. And I also said that too. No, you didn't say that. And we've got the evidence. How many lies did she just tell? Well, the first lie was she was searching to lie, if you, if you caught that in her response. When it was her turn to answer, she said something like, thank you for bringing that question forward. Now, that is a liar's trick in buying time for their mind to come up with a legitimate lie to the question. So she's buying time when she says, thank you for bringing that question forward, whatever that means. And facts matter, and facts are important. They, they not only matter, she said, but they're also important. Again, a delaying tactic so she could organize in her mind the lies she was about to tell. Because everyone knows facts matter. No one has to tell us that. And everyone knows facts are important, even though it's the same thing as mattering, right? If it matters, it must be important. But Saki had to repeat herself as she kept thinking of how to lie. Facts matter, and facts are important. I never encouraged people to protest, she said. I never encouraged people to protest. And then she contradicted herself by saying, I encourage them to gather peacefully. That's protesting, stupid ass. That's what it's called, protesting. She never did seem to grasp the concept that it's illegal. A young 18-year-old kept telling her it's illegal, peacefully or not. Then she goes on to tell us, give us a little history lesson about protesting. And there are many places where you can protest outside of places, many places around the country. Well, so that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Supreme Court Justices Holmes specifically and only. And do you regret saying it? Do you regret encouraging people to do it? She never encouraged it, she said. She lied. And yet here she was actually doing it. Um, a week ago, um, a week ago after. This is her actually doing it. Here's Peppermint Patty. And we certainly encourage people to uh, keep it peaceful and not resort to any level of violence. I, I don't have an official U.S. government position on where people protest. But I think we shouldn't lose the point here. The reason people are protesting is because women across the country are worried about their fundamental rights that have been law for 50 years. Their rights to make choices about their own bodies and their own health care are at risk. So she did tell them to protest peacefully. She encouraged that. And she just said she did. But then she, of course, justified breaking the law if you don't agree with the decision by Supreme Court. So if you don't agree with them, let's not lose sight of the fact that people are upset about this leak and what it said. So it's okay to break the law and protest outside of a judge's home. This this is literally how they think. Laws are meant for thee, but not for me. It's okay to break the law. If you're fighting for a liberal cause, don't worry about the law. We've got you covered. Busted by a high school or college freshman. That's embarrassing enough. But then to double down on your own lie. Why didn't you just say, you know what? I should have added. I encourage peaceful protesting, but not where it breaks the law. That's all she should have said. That would have been a respectful response. I misspoke when I said I encouraged peaceful protesting. I should have added, but not outside of a Supreme Court justice's home when it's intended to encourage the justices to change their mind. If she would have said that, no one would have a comeback. Everyone understands if you say something, 
and you leave something out, okay, if you come back and straighten it out, I don't think people mind. I don't. I would respect that. But she doesn't do it. She doubles down on the lie. First, she denies saying it. Then claims it's okay, though, if it's for a liberal cause. She's a dangerous psychopath. She really is. Again, just like Obama, arrogance just drips off of her. I didn't. I never said that. Well, actually, you did. No, I said peacefully. Well, but you said what he said you said. You see, you did say peacefully, but it's irrelevant because that's not what the law says. And she says, that would be a pretty important word, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't be, actually. It's an irrelevant word because peacefully or not, protesting in front of a Supreme Court justice's home is illegal. I don't care if you sit down there in the street and just sit there and say nothing. It's illegal. I said, peacefully, it's a pretty important word there, isn't it? Wow, the arrogance. She really thought she had him there. I love it when he said, peacefully, sure. But peacefully or not, it's still against the law. I love that kid. I don't even know who he is, but I love him. If I were a millionaire right now, I'd pay for his college tuition. But I'd make him change from the University of Chicago. Though, he seems perfectly capable of resisting their liberal indoctrination there, doesn't he? Shockingly, in the last 24 hours, a miracle has occurred. Micah Brzezinski grew a spine in real time on national television. What? No, she really did. Of course, Joe wasn't there, and she was dressed in some stupid scarf around her neck. But nonetheless, I could see the spine growing with every word. Here she was challenging a guest on the show to answer the question. So, Dr. Murthy, uh, with respect, I'm, I'm missing something here. I, I'm not feeling an intensity. Do you, do you want to know where there is not a baby formula crisis? In Poland, on the border, where they took in almost 4 million people in three months. And there's enough formula there. There's food. They've set up housing. They've been able to do all of this. By the way, uh, with the help, with, with the fundamental help of the U.S. military, so my question is, why isn't there the same mobilization here in America for this crisis? I mean, mothers are being told to go to websites or to drive hours or to try formula that might make their babies sick. Are we really here? And what is solving the problem, not in a matter of weeks, but when are we going to see formula in the mouths of babies in America without any stress in terms of getting it? Carpe diem, Micah Brzezinski. And, of course, he went on to stumble and mumble. The nonsense that the Biden people put out every day. We're doing everything we can. That was Vivek Murthy, the uh, Surgeon General, whatever you call him, the White House doc. He's an idiot, too. But she laid him out. Do you know where there's not a formula shortage? Poland. They've taken in 4 million people, but they don't have a formula shortage. So all these lies about Abbott, I just, I just get the biggest kick out of it. I said, As I said yesterday on the show, funny... But Abbott never had any problems under any other president, and that includes Democrats. Only this one. Poland. War-torn Poland accepting refugees from Ukraine. Women, children. And the U.S. military helping them get the formula and the food. But we don't have any here. Good for you, Micah. I'm going to have to start monitoring her. That was from, Our research assistant found that one. She had to look long and hard, I guarantee it. 
That one's that one was hard to find. Clarence Thomas, uh, we played a clip from him the other day. Very rarely does a Supreme Court justice speak publicly, but Clarence Thomas was at a legal forum with John Yang as the moderator, and John Yang is a brilliant former U.S. attorney. And Clarence Thomas told a story about when he engaged with a media reporter and told them very simply to go F himself. One of the things I'd say in response to the media is when they talk about, or especially early on, about the way I did my job, I said, I will absolutely leave the court when I do my job as poorly as you do yours. <laughs> and that was meant as a compliment, really. <laughs> I think we've neglected this side of the room. As well. Oh, gosh. All the way over here, yes. <laughs> It really is good to be me. It really is. <laughs> I agree. It's good to be Clarence Thomas. <laughs> I'll leave the court when I do my job as poorly as you do yours. What are they going to say to that? What would the response be? Oh, well, well, I do my job really well. No, you don't. Here, I'll give you proof. You liar. This Chris Hayes guy. All in with Chris Hayes on MSNBC. He had Nina Jankowicz, or how did uh, Jean-Pierre say it? Jankowick, on uh, to somehow whine and bitch and moan about how she's no longer the Ministry of Truth czar. And yet, trying to build her up as an expert in this area, which, by the way, has no expert. There's no expert on misinformation. It's someone's opinion as to whether something's true when they say it. And then if they can back it with facts, then it becomes a factual statement. But she has none of that. She has no expertise in facts, evidence, or truth. In fact, just the opposite. She lies a whole lot. But Chris Hayes decided he wanted to make her into the poor victim of these evil Republicans trying to get rid of that disinformation board. And she made a promise that she's not going away. The focal point of this sort of like massive frenzy like over the last few weeks? Well, it, it was really overwhelming, Chris. I mean, frankly, you know, I have prided myself over my career of being a really nuanced, uh, reasonable person. Again, as I said, I've I've briefed and advised both Republicans and Democrats. I admire some of the steps that the Trump administration even took to combat disinformation, including Senator Rob Portman and his bills against deep fakes and, you know, funding the Global Engagement Center at the State Department. So to say that I'm just a partisan actor was, was wildly out of context. And then beyond that, it wasn't just you know, these mischaracterizations of, of my work, but it was death threats against my family. Over the last three weeks, I have maybe had one or two days I didn't report a violent threat, something like, we're coming for you and your family, you and your family should be sent to Russia to be killed, encouragement of me to commit suicide. Um, all of those have been forwarded to the Department of Homeland Security's uh, security services, and, you know, that's, that's not uh, something that is American. That is not how we should be acting when we have disagreements about policy in this country. I think we need to learn how to be adults in the room. Um, and I don't have time for that childishness. I'm not going to let it silence me. I'm going to go forward and, and continue uh, building awareness about this threat in the future. Wow, we can all rest safely now. She's going to go forward to kill this threat of disinformation. The woman who claims the adults in the room should be listened to while she puts a TikTok or Instagram video out there of her singing as Scary Poppins 
to supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, which is nothing but ripping Republicans. But she's bipartisan, she says. She talks about how the Trump administration did good things in this area. Senator Ron Portman. Senator Ron Portman is not part of the Trump administration. So she's so stupid on top of being a pathological liar that she doesn't even know what part of the administration is. Elected officials are not part of the administration, Stooge. She's unbelievably dumb. Death threats. Well, look, at everybody agrees that death threats have no place in a civilized society. But let's see them, okay, because you claim they're coming every day. Now, the suicide one, I'm not so sure, is a bad idea. But, but as far as death threats are concerned, no one should be threatening to kill her or to kill her family. If she wants to knock herself off. You know, I, I can't be held responsible for that. It's her choice. She'd knock off a baby's life, so how about her own? But imagine this woman still acting as though somehow she's been wronged and that she will remain the person who keeps us safe from bad information. Woo. I can sleep well tonight. I'll sleep like a baby. I'll wake up and cry every three hours. Wow. They get dumber by the minute, don't they? Yeah, they do. How about Jennifer Granholm? (laughs) This is a cabinet member. So this is part of the Biden regime. And she's done nothing, of course. She laughed about gas prices when she was asked about it before. She's done nothing about them. So she was called into Congress in front of a hearing. And Josh Hawley, I'll tip my cap to him, let her have it. Is this acceptable to you? No, it is not. And you can thank the activity of Vladimir Putin for invading Ukraine and pulling essentially those bills. Uh, With all due respect, Madam Secretary, that's utter nonsense. In January of 2021, the average gas price in my state was $2.07. Eight months later, eight months later, long before Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine, that price was up over 30% and has been going up consistently since. What are you doing to reverse this administration's policies that are drawing down our own supply of energy in this country that are throttling oil and gas production in the United States of America. What are you doing about it? With respect, sir, it is not administration policies that have affected supply and demand. How can you say that when the price of gas was up over 30% from January to... uh, Answer my questions. And it's my time, Madam Secretary. So why don't you answer my question? From January to August... The price of gasoline was up over 30%. In my state alone, it has been a continuous continuous upward tick since then. And here's what your president did when he first came to office. He immediately re-entered the Paris Climate Accord. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline. He halted leasing programs in Anwar. He issued a 60-day halt on all new oil and gas leases and drilling permits on federal lands and waters. That's nationwide. That accounts, by the way, for 25% of U.S. oil production. He directed federal agencies to eliminate all supports for fossil fuels. He imposed new regulations on oil and gas and methane emissions. Those were all just in the first few days. (laughs) Just in the first few days. They're just pathological liars. And good for you, Holly. Don't let her get away with that crap. Stop these liars in their tracks. At least expose them. You might not be able to do anything to them, but expose them. When he said, what are you doing to stop this? I I just kept waiting for her to say, 
Well, we're doing everything we can. The president's doing everything he can. They always say that's our, that's our stock response to everything. When the real answer is we're not doing a damn thing. What we could be doing is increasing oil and gas leasing. We could be opening federal land for drilling. We could be putting the pipelines back together. We could be helping out the fossil fuel industry. We could be doing all these things that President Trump did. Get rid of the regulations like President Trump did, and then Biden reattached them. That's what you could do, but you're not. So since you're not doing that, you're not doing anything. Because those are the only remedies. There aren't any other ones. Now you can wish, I guess if the Biden regime thinks wishing is a policy, I guess that's what they're doing. We wish these prices would come down. And I guess if it's a policy that you say we're doing everything we can do, which is nothing, if that's a policy, then that's your policy. That's the truth, by the way. You're doing nothing. And I don't even think you're wishing for them to come down. Because if I wish for something, and I have the complete and utter capability of making it happen, yet I choose not to, that's not really wishing for it to happen, is it? Now, I can wish that a million dollars in cash floats onto my deck later today. But there's nothing I can do to make it happen. That's just a wish. But if I wish to have a good show this morning or next Monday... I have it within my power to put together a good show. Do you see the difference? Granholm doesn't. They're doing everything they can do. That's what she says. There was another great exchange in a congressional hearing between uh, Congressman Don Bishop and this abortion queen, Amy Arambide. Now, if you saw her, (laughs) you would be afraid of her. She's sitting there with these glasses on, this big mask covering half of her face. And so as soon as she would have to respond, she would take the mask off. Now, here's another thing, I, I, and before we get into her abortion insanity, these masks. Why is it okay to take them off to speak? Does the virus not spread if you're just speaking? Of course it does. So anywhere within anyone within earshot of her was going to catch the, the dastardly virus. They all do that. Did you notice that? Biden does it, walks up to the podium, takes his mask off. Oh, wait a minute. People say, well, he, he was in six feet. He wasn't six feet closer to anybody. How do you know? You weren't there. Did anybody measure? And who said six feet anyway? Fauci? What if it's 12 feet and you just didn't know? Because you didn't know a lot. As Dr. Rick told us, if you cough, it'll go at least 25 feet, the germs. That's a fact. So Don Bishop decided to, I guess it was lunchtime, because he needed to eat someone for lunch and then spit them out afterwards because she was so distasteful. But listen to this arrogant, pompous murderer tell Congressman Bishop one of these favorite phrases that the liberals always use, full stop, full stop. Now, that's an old journalistic thing that you, if you were writing an article, uh, at the end of the article for the editors, you would put 30 or full stop. And that meant that's the end of it. Why you didn't just type the end, I don't know, but they didn't. So here's Amy Arabidi with Congressman Don Bishop, and she's about to get her lunch handed to her. I'm going to ask the abortion advocate, Ms. Arambide, to answer my questions on this subject. 
Ma'am, you testified that you are, quote, unapologetic in seeking unrestricted abortion access. So I'm wondering, at what point is it not okay to abort a child? What, what age of gestation? I trust all people to determine what they can and can't do with their bodies. Full stop. Okay. I also believe that human rights, um, including access to the medical care, medical care that they need within their communities, is something that should be afforded everyone. Great. Okay. So you, you support late-term abortion? I support all people and trust That means late-term abortion. Do you support partial birth abortion? In other words, the child is half-delivered, and then the woman says... My right, I want to take that one out. You support that? I trust people to make decisions about wow. the body. Wow. Okay. What What about um? So so abortion should be allowed then by your definition for any reason for any purpose at any stage, right? I trust people to make decisions about their body, and then when relevant, I think that they need to consult their medical practitioners. Okay. And not if, if it is. Listen, let me just ask you this question. If it is not lawful and morally acceptable to take the life of a 10-year-old child, I assume you agree with that, right? That would be wrong, correct? I believe that. Okay. And a 2-year-old child, same thing. That would be murder. We would all agree that's wrong. Then what is the principal distinction between the human being that is 2 years old or 9 months old or 1 week old or an hour old than one that is 8 inches further up the birth canal in the utero? What's the difference? Why is it okay in the latter case and not the former cases? I trust people to determine what to do with their own bodies. Wow. Full stop. Wow. Full stop indeed. And that describes right there exactly what this is about. There's a legal issue here, but underneath that is a moral issue. It's about reality. It's about science, the advancement of medical technology. You're talking about unborn children. And your, your full stop is that you will support the termination of that child at any time. And that is frightening. And that is why... This decision should be turned to the popular will of the people, and hopefully they'll protect the sanctity of every single human life and live up to the standards of our Declaration of Independence. Carpe diem, Congressman Bishop. How about that bitch? That's all you can describe her as. I support the ability of people to make decisions about their own bodies. That was going to be her answer if he had said, what color is the sky? But what he should have followed up with, and he missed a great opportunity here, when she kept saying that, My next question would have been, okay, we get it. You support people to make decisions of their own, uh, about their own bodies. You, you support that because their ability to make decisions about their own bodies are, is theirs and theirs alone. So since you support that, have you been vaccinated? And she would have said quickly, yes. Oh, yes, I have. Well, what do you think about people who don't want to be vaccinated? Do you think they should have the right to decide what to do with their own body? Do you trust their decision about what's good for their own body? And then we would have heard her gag, probably vomit, and excuse herself. He, he missed that opportunity, but he pretty well got her. What an arrogant little wench. I fully trust the ability of someone to make decisions about their own body. Why don't you just say... Of course I support killing babies. What do you think I'm here for? You got any more questions? Yes. Kill them at any age. I'm cool with it. I've never read Roe versus Wade, so I don't even know what it says. By the way, would you make a wager that 
No one in Congress has ever read Roe versus Wade. I would. I would make that wager today. So they haven't stopped coming after Ron DeSantis either, these liberal psychopaths. And one media member asked him a question where someone had apparently compared his duration as governor of Florida to that of dictators. And Ron DeSantis very calmly, meticulously slapped this guy upside the head. Uh, you have people whose entire livelihoods were taken from them. Their entire liberty were taken away from them. And then they've come uh, to here in South Florida. You've seen the same thing with what's happened with Venezuela. Used to be a very pro- a prosperous country. Then Chavez and Maduro, now it's like a third world country, even though they have so many natural resources. You look at what's happened in Nicaragua. You look at what could happen in places like, like Colombia. Uh, so to equate Florida, which is viewed not only in our country, but even around the world as a beachhead of freedom, to equate that uh, with those regimes just shows that you have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, I realize there may be some people in the state of Florida, uh, not in my party, but uh, some others, politicians, uh, who have a soft spot for dictatorships like in Cuba. They have a soft spot for people like Maduro and Ortega. And, and I just want people to know that uh, I have contempt for those views. Uh, because those views do not represent the values of the state of Florida, but particularly the values of the people of South Florida. Carpe diem, Governor DeSantis. You don't know what you're talking about. Good for you. Love that guy. Love him. I love this lady, too. Carrie Lake. She's running for governor in Arizona. And just before going to the premiere of 2000 Mules the other night, she agreed to sit down with this reporter from the Arizona Republic who had been badgering her for an interview all this time. I love Carrie Lake's response and quick lecture to this liberal ass reporter. You gotta love this. So I appreciate your time. You've been asking for a long time for an interview. We've finally granted you one and I, and I hope that you're fair with this. I hope you're fair and I really hope that you cover this movie we're about to see. Um, I have many other questions. I know you do, but I don't have the time for it because we're doing an event in here. We're gonna go watch the movie 2000 Mules. Which I hope that the Arizona Republic will finally open their eyes and cover what's happening with our elections and stop acting like it's a conspiracy theory. Our elections were stolen from us. Our elections were corrupt and the, and the calling it a fraud it instead of what, what we really had, which was a, a top notch audit of our elections proved that there was election fraud that our elections were corrupt. What specifically never, in the audit findings proved I'm going to send you, in, you need to, it's not my job to educate you on what that audit showed. You'll need to take a look at it. But I, I will look again. I just feel like since we're on camera, I, I would you, love for you to yeah, provide would, any evidence backing up that claim. Can you read? Yes. Okay, then go look at it and read it. Okay. And actually, you should sit in and go to a movie. Not this one, because we actually don't want the Republican there. But you should take the time, Why spend not? the money. Because we're all sold out, actually. But also, we uh, we prefer to have the people that we've invited. Thank you so much. You, Appreciate it. <laughs> Carpe diem, Carrie Lake. How good was that? What a beatdown. I love that. See, that's the kind of person we need in office right there. Man, I wish I lived in Arizona just for the election. Maybe I can vote anyway. I'll just say I'm an illegal alien. I'm an illegal here I am, I cross the border. I, I should go to Mexico, run across the border into Arizona, and then I can vote. And I'd vote for Kerry Lake. But I wouldn't vote for this bumbling old man, George W. Bush, who some, for some reason had a speaking engagement. Listen to him 
massacre the two countries that he's talking about and interplay them somehow. In contrast, Russian elections are rigged. Political opponents are imprisoned or otherwise eliminated from participating in the electoral process. The result is an absence of checks and balances in Russia and the decision of one man to launch a wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq. I mean, of Ukraine. <laughs> Iraq, too. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> 75. Uh, a brutal invasion of Iraq. <laughs> he indicted himself. Yeah, it's because you're 75. No, you've always been stupid, actually. You also were a good liar. You fooled me twice. I voted for him twice. He fooled me. So as if he's not bad enough butchering the two countries, we've got a current president, in title only, who, while mourning the deaths of 10 innocent people in Buffalo, butchered the name of one of them and then tried to fake cry. The center of attention who made everyone in the room laugh and smile when she walked in. Andre McNeil, excuse me, Andre McNeil, 53, worked at a restaurant, went to buy his three-year-old son a birthday cake. His son selling a birthday, asking where's daddy. Wow. This guy is such a fraud. I didn't see if he checked his watch while he was making those comments. Probably did, though. It's always about time with him, isn't it? Do I have time? When can I get out of here? I got to scram. Time for me to run. All right, our phone lines are going to be open, 636 Five three eight zero seven four six five three eight zero seven four six. In fact, let's take Ryan's call right now. Good morning, Ryan. How are you, Kevin? How you doing, young man? I'm great. Hey, congratulations on the uh, expansion of the show and everything. It's uh, it's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks for your support. Glad to uh, need to get your voice out there in more spots. So, uh, so I got a question. Um, I'm not a legal scholar. I'm never going to claim to be, but. And I know this has been talked about. I just don't know if I've ever had a good explanation of uh, when a person commits murder and kills a woman who's pregnant. And of course, then there, you know, they, there's times where they're charged as a, with a double homicide. How is that possible if that is not a living, a living uh, human being inside the body? Well, that's what we've said, and we've. Um... But, I mean, Ex- explain that, explained? that it is a double homicide. and over Hold on, hold on a second. Over 38 states have laws that make it a double homicide. So even, even blue states, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not all. But they, can't, they won't explain that away when you ask them. They just sit there. Oh, you know, they, don't, they don't want to answer that question. That's a very okay. uncomfortable question. Okay, well, I'm just glad it's not something I've missed and just never heard the explanation myself because when I ask, you know, obviously other people who are liberals, they don't have an answer either, and I've I've always wondered if they're just bullshitting me or just my own ignorance, and it sounds like they're just bullshitting as well. Of course they are. And if you you remember the Scott Peterson case, Lacey Peterson out in California, 
when he murdered her and she was pregnant at the time, he was charged with a double homicide in California. Uh, And that exchange that you played uh, with that just that disgusting woman and uh, her being okay in that Congress setting um, about the the late term abortions and whatnot, I was actually watching that when it happened. And uh, I've said this before, here I am sitting next to my, you know, 11 month old baby. And I just can't fathom that somebody would look at a baby like this and think right before birth, it's okay to kill him. I, I just don't understand. That is Kevin. That is not just psychotic. That is a mental breakdown of everything that's good in our life. It's unbelievable, isn't it? When you think about it, that she could sit there like that. <laughs> so, um, Kevin, again, I just, that, that just angered me. I wanted to get it out there again. Congratulations on the show. I keep, uh, keep looking forward every day to hear more, more from you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Ryan. All right. <clears throat> but let's, uh, remind everybody green envy is the best loan service you can get. And I say that because I have it and I have the results to prove it. It's fact-based. It's fact evidence. Here it is. Look at my lawn. If you could drive, if you drove by my house and looked at my lawn, you'd say, wow, he wasn't kidding. That is the best, deepest green, thick, lush lawn I've ever seen. And look at those bushes and shrubs and trees. They're perfect. And that's not because of my doing. That's because of Green Envy's doing. 636-757-1600. 636-757-1600. My part in the process is coming up. I'm going to have to water it at times during the summer. But I don't water it nearly enough that any lawn expert would tell you. And yet it's still, it's still beautiful. It's still beautifully dark green. You can't beat it. Good morning. You are on the Window World King's Court. How are you? Good, good. How are you, Kylan? I'm good, Ron. How's everything going? Good. I uh, I almost hesitated to call because you were on such a good roll with these uh, incredible clips. They're so unbelievable. But uh, <laughs> it really is. Just a couple of things. I I spent forty seven years in journalism, and until this past year, I had never heard the term "full stop." Uh, when we used to write stories on with a typewriter, we would type thirty at the end. But I never heard full stop, so I, I must have been not paying attention. But whatever, I just find it kind of pretentious. Oh, yeah. What I was saying was I mentioned 30 because that's what you and I grew up on. Yeah. And apparently their new one is full stop, like, whoa, full yeah. stop. It's just so pretentious. It really anyway. is. Uh, one comment about something you brought up yesterday with Gail King and her fear for her nephew in the Midwest uh, a young black man who she's so worried is going to get murdered by a white supremacist. And when he when she, when he walks his dog, when he walks his dog, and that is that's beyond ludicrous because he's a hundred times more likely to get killed by a black guy. Exactly. And, Look at Chicago. And it's just, and it's, just uh, it's like the elephant in the room. They never mention that. No, because that would defeat their narrative. You know, these yeah. people never yeah. tell you the whole story. They're not like Paul Harvey, and that's the rest of the story. They never want you to know what the rest of the story is. Well, finally, I wanted to bring up kind of a funny story in case you haven't heard it. Um, Yesterday on the uh, telecast of the PGA Championship, I'm not sure whether you had seen this, but they're doing it a little bit different this year, a way I've never seen it done on ESPN. Uh, On regular ESPN, they're showing 
just the tournament in the normal normal old way. But on ESPN2, they have Joe Buck uh, with a split screen. So like 75% of the screen is the tournament going on, which you can watch. But the other, in the over on the side, you got Joe Buck sitting in uh, kind of a makeshift studio in St. Louis. And he's there with this uh, former caddy named Michael Collins. And they're having guests on just uh, for for talking. Mm-hmm. So they started they started with Peyton Manning and Eli, and then they had uh, Michael Phelps and uh, so Fred Couples was one of their guests. So Fred is sitting at home and uh, he's always laid back. And at some point they asked him about his college days at the University of Houston. And when Fred was playing golf on the team at at Houston, Jim Nance, Jim Nance was one of his teammates, and they had a really strong team. Uh, Blaine McAllister, I think, was on that team. So Fred told this story about how he wasn't really that interested in schoolwork. He was he was just a golfer, and he and his teammates they just wanted to play golf. They didn't care about class or anything. So Fred says that he had his his mother did his homework for him. And he paid guys on the swimming team to take his tests for him. And he's admitting this on, on national TV. So he says that in his, at the end of his junior year, he was taking a course in astronomy. And so were some of the other guys on the golf team. So Fred says that before the year ended, the professor called Fred and a couple of his teammates in. And he said, you know, you guys are doing really well in the class. You're all getting A's. <laughs> and I just want to ask you, Fred, uh, just a simple question. What is it that comes up in the east in the morning? And Fred said, Jupiter? <laughs> and the teacher said, how can you be getting an A and you don't know that the correct <laughs> answer is the sun? <laughs> And Fred said at that point, he told the professor, you know what? I'm turning pro as a golfer and I'm just leaving. <laughs> I don't care. So he, he just he just quit school right at that moment, <laughs> never went back and turned pro. You know, I just thought that was pretty incredible that a guy would admit that he, he cheated his way through college. Yeah. Well, that, that's, that's, and you have respect for a guy who admits it. <laughs> You know, Jim Nance told me another story about, because Nance was on that team, as you pointed out, Ron, that Nance, of course, wanted to be a broadcaster, not a golfer. Fred wanted to be the golfer. So Nance would interview Fred while they were teammates. And one particular scenario was Nance interviewing Fred Couples after he won the green jacket at the Masters. And then in real life, it actually happened. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Well, Uh, You've had some so much good political stuff today. I thought I would just introduce a little levity. I love that here toward, toward the end of the show. I love that. It's fantastic stuff. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate the story. All right. See you later. All right. You bet. Bye bye. All right. We're going to take a break, but then we're coming right back. And when we come back, your phone calls will certainly be right here if you'd like to join in the fun. Right here on the Window World, Kings Court on KevinSlaytonShow dot com.
commandeer a corner table at our small town diner. Just five or six old men throwing out corny old one-liners. They pat the heads of children, give friendly nods to strangers. They sure seem quick to laugh, makes you think they're slow to anger. Those guys were frontline brothers, their lives depended on each other. They were soldiers long before they were men. Yeah, the ones that somehow survived came home, went on to build their lives, never charging us a penny for the debt we owe to them. But you can almost smell the gun smoke, the foxholes that they shed. They raise their coffins and toast the empty chair. They'll ask you where you're from, what you do, what you've done. But don't go thinking they're all talk, cause you wouldn't want to piss them off. Those guys were frontline depended on each other They were soldiers long before they were men Yeah, the ones that somehow survived Came home, went on to build their lives Never charging us a penny For the debt we owe to them But you can almost smell the gun smoke And the foxholes that they share On the days they raise their coffees Welcome back in. Kevin Slayton with you on this beautiful Friday morning. Fridays are always beautiful, aren't they? I mean, it's Friday. It's the day the Lord created, so here we are having fun, as we are wont to do. 
We enjoy ourselves. We hope you enjoy the show as well. But it is Friday. It's the day the Lord created, Saturday Eve, as we like to refer to it. And it's just in time to beat back Monday, which none of us like. None of us like Monday because that's the day the liberals created, after all. When they ran out of things to harass us and annoy us with, they came up with Monday. Hey, let's get Monday. That'll annoy everybody. And so they did. And you know who they're annoying right now? Joe Manchin. And I'm going to get into that here as we go along. But we welcome uh, Kevin to the show. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, Kevin. How are you today, sir? I am doing great. And as you were saying, happy Friday. Happy Friday is right. There is no such thing as a sad Friday, unless some tragedy has occurred. But otherwise, there's no other reason for Friday to be anything but happy. That's right. It's it's you have two choices every day: be sad or happy. So well, we know what the liberals choose. There's yep. a third choice. Sad. The third choice is be angry and annoying. Yep, they they choose to be sad, and then they choose to tell everybody else they need to uh, be like that. And so it it leads me to exactly why I called. I'm going to try to phrase this as best I can because I I heard somebody say this the other day, and I've kind of added to it. Um, the First Amendment doesn't exist to protect speech that we all agree with. It exists to protect speech that we may disagree with. The second amendment exists so that those can protect themselves from tyrannical people who would want to eliminate the constitution along with the first and second amendment. Yes. So I I, I hope I got that across what I'm trying, the point I'm trying to make there is, if, if liberals are listening, pay attention. Well, they don't care. Though. We don't have, you, you've we got don't to have understand. To agree with everything they say. No, but you, you don't. What you don't understand about them is they don't care. They don't yeah. care what the Constitution says. They don't care what the amendments and the Bill of Rights say. They care only about what they think, and that they have every right to think, say, and do whatever they please, whether the law prohibits it or not. And that you don't, if you disagree with them, and that you must be punished in some way, whether it's imprisoned for mere trespassing, whether it's your job, because you wouldn't take a vaccine, censored you. Yes, they'll do that too. They'll kick you off Twitter. So they'll do all of those things if you dare deviate from their dictates. Yep, and and, and that's the that's point I'm making. It exists to, to let them say it. it. It exists to let speech be disagreed with. But they're their own, I, I, I maybe I look for the wrong word, their own oxymoron, you know? Yeah, they, they just they don't care. You just got to remember, they yeah. just don't care. And that's, and that's a sad, when you're dealing with somebody who is oblivious to caring, then they'll do anything. They don't care about babies, so they'll murder them. They just don't care. Yep. Amazingly, yep. those people that's, sleep well at night, apparently. And, you know, that's that's the, the other thing, you know, it's such a touchy subject with me about about the kids but and, and babies and abortion. And But, you know, somebody said this the other day, you know, you've you got all these liberals out there wanting to protect puppies. You know, they worry about puppies. And, and, and those kind of things, but they're not worried about a child. And that's that's what's just so scary. Well, I'm not so You're sure right. they're worried about puppies. I don't see any evidence that tells me they're worried about puppies either. If, well, if, that, if, if, if that if that puppy started barking at a liberal, that puppy would be put down. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, I get that. But, but, you know, you've got PETA out there, and, you know, they, they, they talk about, you know, you, you, you know, somebody did something bad to a puppy or whatever, but, they, but they're just such – hypocrites when it comes to children and and they trip over these words you know it's a fetus not a baby you know and it just it just drives me crazy 
Um, well, you can't let them drive you crazy. That's the number one thing you can't. You can get pissed at them and just then then go on about your daily work. Well, I say it drives me crazy, but it's temporary, and then I go on and I laugh at them. You know? Yeah, because they are funny. I mean, when it gets right down to it, they're funny. As annoying and as painful as it is to listen to them, they are funny in the long run because they're so illiterate. I think stupid people are funny. Now, I hate to be married to one or live with one, but I think overall they're funny. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you made a comment earlier in the show about, is there anybody more stupid than, you know, Nicole Wallace and them? And I'm beginning to worry about the stupidity of people on the conservative right, um, because it seems like there's quite a few of them on the right. They can't stick together properly like the Democrats apparently do. Um, but I'm beginning to worry about some people on the right. And what I mean there is, is they, they talk a good game. They do. They don't do anything. Um, they complain only after something happens instead of st- stepping up and being proactive before something happens. Um, I'm beginning to think that there's a lot of stupid people on the right because they're just either deep state rhinos or they're, you know, they're, they're hidden people in there, you know, plants, so to speak, like a Kinzinger in Illinois or whatever. I think they're plants. But you're stupid when you don't fight back. You're stupid when you don't step up. You're stupid when you just keep laying back and letting this happen. And those of us like you or me and people listen to your show need more numbers to step up to to fight back. And it's nice to see when a fight back finally happened the other day and we get rid of the disinformation board finally. But, hey, folks, start fighting back on the rest of it. Be like these people at the school board the other day. Fight back. And that's the problem. They're not fighting back. And I think those are stupid people well, for not I, fighting back. Yeah, I've, I've got a different word for them. I, I don't think they're stupid. I think the conservatives know what's right. They know what's wrong. They understand human life. They understand what this country was founded on. But they're spineless. They're spineless cowards for the most part, especially the ones that are in office. So that's why they don't fight, because they're cowards. Uh, And with regard to the school board in Wentzville, after I applauded them and applauded the parents, which I continue to applaud, I find out from Lindy Williford, who has been on our show before, that books the one book was banned by the school board last night. Sadly, four other books of complete perversion were left in. I'm sorry, three other ones. There were four total. Three other ones were left in. And this is the ones with explicit scenes of a father raping his daughter uh, because they love to groom kids, as you well know. So Wentzville School District and School Board, sorry, I didn't mean to compliment you. You are low-rent rodents. That's what you are. And thank God the parents showed up or they wouldn't have banned any of them. That that's really sad, and that leads into the article that's out there that about the you know they say don't call them groomers, don't call them pedophiles, whatever. But you know what? I'm going to call them groomers. I'm going to call them pedophiles. I'm going to call these people idiots because there's an there's an article I read. I hopefully you saw it where there was like 130 teachers nationwide have now been charged with abusing kids. Yeah, I saw that. You know, give me a break. What people. else are you going to call? Them? What you said. Grow a spine and stand up against these people. Get them out of there. People, if you can't run for office for whatever reason, support people that are smart enough that can run for office. And we've got to fight back with more people running for office that are not the deep state. And I think that's where the right has to turn it around. They've been infiltrated themselves. Or you got people that are just complacent and don't want to run for office or help those that are running for office. Yeah, and if you're not going to call them pedophiles, what do you call them? Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. When you're having sex with an underage person, that is pedophilia. Yep, exactly. It, it, it's scary what's happening. And Kevin, I'm going to flip uh, uh, on to Biden briefly here. 
Uh, you know he's in Korea today, right? Yeah. Do you remember when this awesome president a few years back went to Korea and went to the, the DMZ and he stepped over the line and shook hands with the guy from the north? You remember all that? That was a great President Trump. And, and, and that was the great President Trump who stepped over that line and, as far as we know, quietly and peacefully said to that man, don't you dare. Don't you dare. I'm here. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, please, God, please, God, and I know it's not scheduled, but please, God, don't let Joe Biden go to that border today. <laughs> that could be disastrous. Exactly. Here's my point. Um, and Kevin, I'm going to finish with this, so hopefully maybe you get another caller or two in. Um, thank you for what you're doing with moving your show uh, around to, you know, to spread the word. I hope that in your popularity, a few of us will still get through on the phone calls down the line because I think your phone lines might start to light up. Um, but I will say this. Thank you for doing that and taking you know taking away the subscription. But I, for one, would like to ask you a question. What is your favorite charity? Oh, gosh, probably there's two that I uh, that stand out to me that I support, St. Jude's Hospital. And the Wounded Warriors, uh, not the Wounded Warriors, the Tunnel to Towers. Wounded Warriors, okay. I found out, is not what it's cracked up to be. But Tunnel to Towers okay. is, Tunnel to Towers with uh, Frank, uh, I can't think of his last name now, and then St. Jude's Hospital. Okay. Well, then, here's why I asked you that question, and this is this is up to any of your listeners that, that are in the position to be able to do this. I'm going to sit down with my wife, and I'm going to talk to her, and I want to take what would have been my one-year subscription to your show, $60, if not more, and I'm going to make a donation to the uh, Tunnel to Towers in your name because I don't have to pay for your show anymore. Well, that's really nice of you. And, and you know, that $60 to some people might sound like, well, that's not very much. But guess what? At Tunnel to Towers, they ask you for $11 a month. That's all they ask you for. Mm -hmm. And at uh, St. Jude's, it's, I believe I give uh, $40, but that's my choice. Um, mm -hmm. They don't ask you for that. And I give more to Tunnels to Towers, too. But that's all they ask. And if they can get that from everybody, they've obviously figured the math out. That will build these homes at Tunnel to Towers for these first responders who've been injured at war, who can't function physically. Mm -hmm. And at St. Jude's Hospital, we know what they do for children. And that is a legitimate cause. Uh, Danny Thomas, of course, was the one who started that. And Marlo Thomas, liberal though she is, married to that uber-liberal Phil Donahue, they do it right at St. Jude's Hospital. Exactly. But I just, you know, I would have spent that money on your show anyway, and I'm going to ask my wife if we had a few more bucks and maybe we can match what you said, 11 bucks. I mean, I don't donate regularly like that. But I just thought – I wanted to make a gesture in your name because I appreciate your show. I appreciate that you let folks like us, common people, call in and talk and get some things off our chest sometimes. And well, we're all feel common better people. About today, and we appreciate you. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that very much. It's very, very gracious of you to do that. Appreciate it. Have a and great weekend. Your, and if any of your listeners can do that, I encourage them. But if, if you can't, just support people out there who will change what's going on in this country. That's all we can ask is just get out from – Get out from behind the, 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 the computer screen, so to speak, and maybe do something, because that's what all of us you know, are trying to do out there. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. You have, you have a, a blessed have... weekend, and remember, hug your family, and I love you, Mom, and I love you, Dad. You have got a it. Have day, bro. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Uh, bye. You know, we started out in this show talking about the stupid people on the liberal side and the white supremacy issue and all that bull crap. A friend of mine texted, and this is so true, that white supremacy is just an excuse for underachievers for their own poor choices and poor deficiencies in life. That's so true. 
That is so true. Blame the white, blame the white supremacist <laughs> because I'm a failure. I can't admit I'm a failure, so let me go blame somebody. Who should I blame? Oh, that white guy, that white supremacist over there. He must be a white supremacist. He's white. Even when they're black, they're white supremacists, according to Congresswoman Beatty. Imagine that. Imagine if a white congresswoman got up there on the Capitol steps and told the world that black supremacy is the reason for these ma- this mass shooting at the Florida high school, for instance, that it was a black supremacist that killed all those kids and that it's a white guy. What do you think the outrage would be? But you don't hear a peep about this woman because, A, she's black, and, B, the liberal media wants to perpetuate this myth known as white supremacy. And it's a complete myth. But they know that it's their trump card when they have nothing else. You heard Deutsch say, we can't promote the economy. It's not our side, so we need to scare the bejesus out of them. That's how they operate now. He was stupid enough to admit it on national TV in front of 25 people on MSNBC. But maybe those 25 people will spread the word. And we try to do it here. But he admitted it. We don't have the economy or the policies or the issues to argue. So let's scare the hell out of them. Let's call them all white supremacists. And this replacement theory by these disgusting as it is, he says. No, what's disgusting is that people like you are on a network as impotent and incompetent as MSNBC is and as racist as it is and say that someone else is a racist. Wow. You got to shake their hands for the balls they have. I mean, they just don't care about the truth. It's never been, never been something that they think is important. Why tell the truth when a lie will benefit us? That's what they believe. And they are prolific liars. I don't know if you saw, but our research assistant just uh, handed me this Wednesday Quinnipiac poll. 26% of registered Hispanics now approve of Biden's performance. 26%. Now, those 26% go watch The View. Uh, but the other 74% of Hispanics who the liberals count on in their racist view as voting only Democratic say, go F yourself. Now, it'll be interesting to see how Hispanics vote in the midterms because there is not a presidential election to be had. But we'll, we'll see and we'll track it. And, of course, if the Republicans take over, as they will, here's what you're going to hear. Well, Joe Biden wasn't on the, on the voting ticket, so that hurt the Democrats. As if Biden is the, is the tide or the, 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 the solution to lift all tides or whatever that saying is. <laughs> I, sound like, I sound like Biden himself. But... He would only hurt them. There, You hear this guy in Ohio who's running for the Senate against J.D. Vance. Tim Ryan, I think is his name. He doesn't even want Biden to come and campaign. Why would he? He saw what he did in Virginia to McAuliffe. Kamala Harris, Obama, Biden, they all went in there, and then Glenn Youngkin kicked McAuliffe's ass. So please keep bringing Obama, the guy they consider their rock star, please keep bringing him into campaign because it's beautiful. 85 and 3, that's Trump's record. What's yours, Obama? Let's see, you endorsed Hillary Clinton. That's 0 and 1. You got to love it. All right, we're done. But we're back fighting the good fight on Monday morning for you. Again, we're on all those platforms. Please go to them, like them, or where it says follow, please hit follow. Because that's how we can 
justify advertising rates. So please do that. Have every member of your family go hit it as well. And then we can uh, keep this show free to the American public. All right, folks, have a great weekend. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everyone. Uh-huh.